Praise the Lord. It's good to be back here with you again. My daughter tells me it's been about 13 or 14 years since I've been here. I can't remember. Isn't that why you have kids, so they can remember? Huh? Well, that's pretty, pretty rough. You've got a pretty rough setup here now, I want you to know. You have that beautiful worship and mess the preacher all up and then turn him loose, you know. It's just, I was sitting there and, my goodness, that's such beautiful stuff. I appreciate that this morning. It's so good. Very nice. The songs and things you sang and shared. I tell you, you put a lot of work into that. I appreciate this opportunity to be here with you today. This church means a lot to me. Over the years, I, we've had a relationship in some measure of something. You know, it's, I, I feel like God, I feel like God sort of gave me a word for the church this morning. In fact, I had it before I knew what church I was supposed to speak it in. So, you know, it wasn't like I went to pray and trying to look for something to share with you all. I had this message. I thought, well, that's a good, it's a simple message. It's a good message. But where am I supposed to, is it, am I a little loud? I'm getting a little feedback here. I um, had the word before I knew where I was supposed to deliver it. And so uh, when I heard Providence was asking me to come and share, I thought, well, I feel like this is the place to share it. Now, it's an unusual message for me because over the years, I've not been much of a blesser in a lot of ways. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I'm not one of these guys that just goes around blessing everything, you know? But... Uh, I would much rather preach on some of the stuff we sang about this morning. If you understand what I'm saying, I'd much rather preach about the ransom and the reconciliation that God brought us through His Son and the redemption that was there. I like, but you know, that's part of blessing, isn't it? And uh, this scripture that I was reading. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, maybe you've already read it. It was in the bulletin, I believe. It's where God was speaking to Abraham. And uh, he said, I'll make you a great nation. And I will bless you. And I'll make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And a little later on down in verse 3, he says, And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. I'll bless you. So you shall be a blessing. I guess I've been, I think I've been serving God for about 40 years. This year, I think it is. I came to Jesus in 1974. And in that time, I've come to experience many blessings. And sometimes they, I get blessed and didn't know I was getting blessed. You know what I'm saying? Then I look back and see how blessed I was. Maybe I ought to take this off. I'm pretty loud, you know. Is that, am I okay? Okay, I'm getting a lot of echo. I just didn't know if I feel like I'm louder than I am. 
I feel like I'm in about a 12-foot diameter multi-plate yelling out of a pipe somewhere, you know. I believe God loves to bless people. Hello? I believe He loves to bless people. I believe God's always looking for someone to bless. What do you think? You know, sometimes we get the idea God's always looking for someone to, to do a number on, you know. But I think God, in the things I've read, and I could go through a lot of scripture and a lot of things that was said through the word, but God has good thoughts about us. You know what I'm saying? If the Bible tells us to let your mind dwell on these things, whatsoever's pure, whatsoever's lovely, whatsoever's of a good report, and it tells you to think on good things, what do you think our God thinks on? He thinks on good things. He looks at each one of us and says, you know, there's good in that guy. There's something there I'd like to bless. You know, and he also, the Bible says, he lets the rain fall on the just and who? The unjust. How many of you quoted that scripture a few times? I have. But I never realized it's because God loves to bless even unjust people. Now you're more blessed if you walk right with God and walk in relationship with God and walk in obedience with Him. But God doesn't just curse us because we don't recognize Him or refuse to recognize Him. He wants to bless us. I've got a young man we've been trying to, to uh, help and minister into his life. And uh, he's, he's got a twisted view of life and everything. Very educated young man, but he, he's got a twisted view of life. And we've tried to, to bless him. And we pray for him. And he started a little bitty old business. He's kind of a, a guy that, you know, he doesn't really think he can do much. You know what I mean? One of these kind of guys that... You know, he, he gets so frustrated. He knows if he just threw himself against the ground, he'd miss. You know what I'm saying, guys that have that kind of attitude about life. And so we're trying to build up his esteem, you know, and encourage him a little bit, you know. But, you know, God likes to get with you on that. He does, I can't do it all, you know. And he came reporting, he reported something back to my wife, how he met a guy that, did this for him and did that for him and, and uh, how good things have started happening in his business and good things, just cir- you know, unusual circumstances start happening. And you know what he said? He said, I know, I believe this was God doing this. And we're just sitting there going, fan the flame, you know. Yeah, this is God. See, God likes to come alongside of people as you're trying to bless them and he tries to bless them because he knows the, the ultimate end of this is they might see God in their life. How many of you know Romans 2, verse 5, I believe it is, says this. It's the kindness of God that leads men to repentance. That's a good word, isn't it? It's the kindness of God that leads men to repentance. Makes people want to change their mind about it. Now, to bless means... To pronounce favor, to pronounce good, prosperity, well-being over someone. That's what it means. It means you, wanna, you want good for someone. You, wanna, you want them to prosper. You want them to do good. You want them to do well, you know. 
And I was reading in Numbers, I'll, I'll go there. I've read this before. Uh, yeah, Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 through 27. It's real short. Let me just read it to you. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his son, saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his countenance shine upon you. And be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. And give you peace. So they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel. And I then will bless them. I'll tell you what got me excited when I read this a number of years ago. Was the fact that God didn't leave it up to Aaron and his sons to decide how, he wanted to, how they wanted to bless the people. You know, you wake up some morning, you've had a rough night with people like that. He was the high priest, and him and Moses went through a lot of ups and downs with people, didn't they? They might wake up some morning and say, you know, these people have been driving me crazy. They're a bunch of idiots. I can't stand being around them anymore. Whoop, whoop. Wait a minute. God told you to say this over the people. God said, say this. When you want to bless them, bless You may wake up and decide you want to say this or this. God said, no, this is what you're to say over my people. I want you to bless them and say, make the Lord's face shine. Did God know they carried all their foreign gods with them when they went into the wilderness? Sure. He said, but get up every morning and bless these people. Get up every morning and speak a blessing on the Lord's. Let the Lord's face shine upon you. I have 13 grandchildren. And these little kids come to my house. And aside from driving me crazy, I enjoy them. And some of those little ones are just a little bit different sometimes. I got one that's only two years old and she's already knocked out her front tooth. She just had it. She didn't even have it six months hardly and it's already gone. Excuse me. And that little one When you get her in your arms and you're talking to somebody else and she wants your attention, she grabs your face and turns your head around. You ever have any kid do that to you? Grabs your face and turns your face around and looks you in the eye because she wants your attention, doesn't she? Listen, friends, when someone's got your face, they got your attention. When someone has your face, they have you. And I think God said... I want my face to be in your face because I want you to know you've got me. I'm yours and you're mine. I want my face in your face continually. I think it was a blessing to have that. There's other places in Psalms, I don't have time to go there, where it says God turned his face away from the people. It was a, it was a sense of, it was a kind of a, a wrath. It was kind of like God being angry at the people, so he turns his face away from them. We as parents sometimes do that with our children. We tell them to go to their room. We don't want them around. We're, we're punishing them maybe in a way, you know, because we're saying go away from my face. God doesn't want people just to decide how to bless his people. He protects them. 
He wants to preserve them. He wants good things over them. And he wants them to know they have his attention all the time. God loves to bless people. God's heart of love is to bless people. Now going back to verse 12, (coughs) excuse me, of chapter uh, 12, excuse me, chapter 12, Genesis 12, going back there to that verse 3. If you remember, I said, And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God said he would bless Abraham, and out of that blessing, Abraham would be a blessing. He didn't say you might be a blessing. He didn't say you have the potential for blessing. He said you're going to be a blessing. If you stay where my blessing is, then you're going to be a blessing to everyone else. It's a promise to be a blessing. Now this surely has to be a reference to Christ. Do you see that in the scripture? This is surely a reference of what's to come through the lineage of Abraham. This is Abraham... Down the line, there was going to be the Christ come through, through Judah's lineage, which is a direct line of Abraham. And Christ was going to bring salvation to mankind. We sang about that this morning. Who can deny that Christ's work, Christ's death, burial, resurrection, ascension back to heaven, who can deny that that's been one of the, mankind's greatest blessings? Isn't that the greatest blessing? We, we give a whole, well, you know, today was like, Palm Sunday, you know, Jesus was coming. They were saying, Hosanna, save now the king. They're asking the king to be saved. That's what we're celebrating today, Palm Sunday. Next week will be the resurrection. This coming Thursday and Friday, we talk about the death and the burial of the Lord Jesus. It's a very solemn time there. And then there's great rejoicing next Sunday as we focus on the resurrection of Christ. The gift of salvation has liberated us given us freedom from sin. We don't have to walk in sin any longer. It's been such a great blessing to the world. How can we even articulate this blessing? Let me just read something to you out of the scriptures. I mean, I, I can't say it better. Let me read this to you out of Ephesians 2, verse 4 through uh, 10, I believe it is. Yes. God being rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus in order that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved, not through faith, and that not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not a result of works that none should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What a great blessing we've been given. Christ came, saved us, that we might be raised up with Him, seated in heavenly places. 
Man, you're, we're talking about, now these are spiritual things. <clears throat> Positionally, we sit there in the throne room with God and His Son, Jesus Christ. That's a little hard to fathom that sometimes. What a great blessing God has given us. But you know, even a casual reading of the New Testament, just casually reading it, picking it up and opening it and reading it about anywhere, you can't come to a conclusion that somehow that we get this impression that this, this blessing God's given us is to be kept to ourselves or somehow in a vacuum. You see, the same idea that was presented to Abraham about being blessed by God and then going out and being a blessing to all the nations, that's at work in the New Testament. That's at work there. I was to get I got saved 40 years ago, okay? I've, you've told, I've told the story many times. Everywhere I go, I tell the story. I told it in, in Mexico. I've told it in Romania. I've told it in South Africa. I've told it in Kuwait. I was in Kuwait a few years ago, and I told the story there. I was preaching in Kuwait to a group of, they're Filipinos, they work there in Kuwait. Most of the people who are Christians in Kuwait are Filipinos and Asians. They go there to work for the Kuwaitis. The Kuwaitis don't have to work. All they have to do is get their oil money in the mail every, every month. And so they go around all over the world finding people who will come there and work for them. Right now, there's a church, 5,000 strong in the Kuwait city. They're, they're Filipino people, and they love God, and they are just crazy for God. And they had me come there, and I spoke to them. Well, not all 5,000, but I spoke to a lot of them, because they can't get all 5,000 of them together in one place. Because they don't allow you to meet like we're meeting today, above ground or anywhere. You're not allowed. It's a Muslim country. But these people are salt and light to the Kuwaiti people. Everywhere they go, we went in a restaurant. Who meets you there? Not Kuwaitis. Filipinos. And they come smiling to you. Most of them are Christians. They are everywhere. God is salting, salting the Kuwaiti people with born-again Christian Filipinos. And they're the happiest, most servant-minded little people you'll ever meet. <laughs> I loved it. Well, anyway, I was preaching down in this. We're not allowed to preach, but we were preaching anyway, so we don't want to go there. But I was in this, I was in this uh, underground thing. It was a big place, and I was scheduled to speak, and a crowd about this size showed up. And uh, I started uh, preaching, and after I got done, one of the little Filipino brothers came up to me and said, Brother Jeff, do you know where you're at? I said, well, I'm in Kuwait. That's all I know. He said, you're in the old Iraqi embassy. <laughs> they turned it into a church. <laughs> they're industrious, and they go after souls, and they're in a place that it's illegal to share the gospel. And I talked to one young man that was working in the oil industry there. He was a geologist, and he got a job in the oil industry. <clears throat> and he said, Brother Jeff, you would not you would not believe how many Kuwaiti, young Kuwaiti Muslim men 
are just that close to wanting that want, the only reason they won't serve Jesus is because they know it'll cost them their life. That place is a, a Christian powder keg about to explode. I believe it is. One day, there's going to be a change. Those people are going to come to Jesus. Some of them have come to Jesus secretly. I met a young man named Felix. He's the chief servant to the emir of Kuwait. Felix knows all the presidents of the United States way back. And he, he's a Christian. He knows exactly what George Bush liked to eat for breakfast and lunch and supper. He knew what George liked about clothes. The emir provides all that from the presidents. Come on, they're, they're very wealthy people. And the emir loves Felix, and Felix is a Christian, and I met him. I felt like I was meeting royalty. But he's a Christian, and he's right in the household of the emir, the grand umpa of Kuwait. Isn't that powerful? Don't we tell more wine stories? <laughs> I call them wine stories because I get excited. You get happy when you tell stories like this. You know? Like wine. Wine makes the heart happy. Okay. <laughs> At least that's what they tell me. I don't know. <clears throat> I got a bunch of them. You're wondering what I've been doing since I quit pastoring. I'm telling you what I've been doing since I quit pastoring. Sometimes I feel like I should have done this all my life. You know, don't, I don't want to go there, though, because God, God blessed me that I might go and bless others. He didn't bless me so I could just sit and enjoy it. He blessed me. And because of that, you shall be a blessing. Salt can't help but be salt, and light can't help but be light by the very nature of what it is. And listen, friends, if God has blessed you and given you salvation, you can't help but want to give it away to others. I remember years ago, you used to have a sign over here to know God. You remember that? And what was the one over here? To make Him known. I love that sign. I haven't forgotten, see? Forgot a lot of stuff. Can't remember all my grandkids' names or birthdays, but I can remember that sign. God said, I'll bless you, and you will be a blessing to others. It doesn't seem to be optional. See, anything that has God in it has God's heart, and if God's heart is to bless, then that's just going to come out, you see? God wants to bless people. Because God loves people and He loves to bless them. People are God's business. Now I'd like to take this and apply it personally. I believe the Holy Spirit, when I got this word, I wanted him, He wanted to apply it to you all. I think I've tried to make show you through my own life how God's kind of applied it through me. I mean, God did something in my life and I've tried to take it wherever He opens the doors to go. My father and mother died a few years ago, and I was sitting at my dad's funeral, kind of dejected because I had just stopped working at k and I'm, I'm announcing this so people know they don't think I work at Jerry's over here. I don't work at K&K anymore, but for the last four years, I've been traipsing all over Eastern Europe and Mexico and other places, Kuwait, and I've been sharing 
my heart, sharing God's heart with people in those places. God's given me messages. I've been amongst gypsy people. Oh, my. You've never went to church till you went to church with a bunch of gypsy folks from Eastern Europe. They are a blessing. And they know how to dance, and they know how to play music. They can just... And you know what? As soon as the service was over with, I'd never seen anything like it. They must have had a little Mennonite influence in their lives because they, they had tables set up. I didn't even know where the tables came from. And they had food right on the table, just like that. I said, where did all this come from? Yeah, just like you all do. I could tell you about that. Do you mind if I tell another story? Is it okay? I don't know when you quit around here. When... <laughs> Is it 10.30? No one told me. So I'm sorry. That's a dangerous thing to do. No, I'm a, you got Sunday school afterwards, right? You have Sunday school? Okay. I won't go much longer. Let me tell you this one story. I think you'll appreciate this. Because I was in... Uh, Um, I can't remember the name of the town in uh, Bulgaria. I was in southern Bulgaria. Bulgaria has a lot of Muslim people. Southern Bulgaria has a lot of Muslim people because you see it borders uh, northern Greece and Turkey and uh, there's a lot of Muslims that have moved into that area. In fact, there's a lot of the Taliban. You know, the Taliban got under a lot of pressure in Afghanistan, so it was pretty easy for them to move to a place where there wasn't a lot of, of, uh, and there's a lot of mountainous areas there, so they moved into some of the southern mountains, the Rodolfi Mountains of Bulgaria. I've actually been in those mountains and went into some of the Muslim villages, and I uh, was there, last time I was in Bulgaria, I was in the Rodolfi Mountains, and we went into villages, and I shared my testimony in households, you know, small little households where you gather together and just talk to people and tell people what Jesus has done in your life. I got a chance to do that. I was in one village where my, my guy that was with me said, now don't speak English in this village because all the imams have told them that if you hear somebody speaking English, kidnap them, you might be able to get some money. So I didn't speak English in that village because <clears throat> even though I didn't think they'd get any money, I didn't want them to get me. So, But... I was in this little town, and we went to this gypsy church, and the whole church itself wasn't any larger than half of the room back behind here, the overflow room, about half of that, just very small. It was, it was, a, it was attached onto, it was onto the side of a house, very worn uh, steps, very worn uh, benches. They sit on benches without backs, you know, colorful people, very colorful people. They were singing when I got there singing some gypsy hymns and stuff. Very beautiful stuff. I enjoyed it. I came in. I was very well greeted by the leaders. And, and then they asked me to, to share. And I got up and shared a message. And people responded. We prayed for a lot of the people that came forward. Uh, infertility is a big thing there. People just don't seem to be able to have children a lot of times. And so we prayed for a lot of them that wanted to have children and stuff. Prayed for their children. Some of them had a lot of birth defects and things like that. We prayed for them. And when I left, the pastor said, Brother Jeff, do you know where you've, where you've been? I said, no, I, I didn't know. He said, let me tell you the story about this church. He said, this is the church my father became a Christian in, the, the, the old pastor that took me there. 
He said, it's been here many years. He said, you preached in the, the only church that was allowed to remain open during the communist years that we were under the communist rule. This is the only church that was allowed to remain open, remain open in Bulgaria. I said, really? I said, what happened? He said, there's a story behind it. Whenever the communists took over, they divided Bulgaria up in se separate regions and they put, uh, a, a, put a head guy and his assistant in those regions and their responsibility was to close all the churches in those areas. And he said the head guy and his assistant, both one of them had a mother that was terminally ill and the other one had a wife that was terminally ill. And both of them was very sick. And God was doing unusual things inside this church. He said, my father came here during those years. He was healed and he became a Christian. And word went out that there was unusual things happening in this church. And the mother of that, that fella and the, the, other, the wife of the other fella went down to this church and just sat there. And while they were sitting there, guess what? God shows up and what's God want to do? He wants to bless them, right? And he blessed them. And they were both totally healed of both of their diseases. They went back to their husbands. They told their husbands what God had done, what happened. Of course, you couldn't even, as an atheist, see, you have to swear to atheism in the communist country. You have to say, I will always be an atheist. Like, there's a little rigmarole you go through. Well, when the husband and the... And the, the uh, the son of the, both these people heard this, they didn't know what to do. But one thing they didn't do, they shut all the churches in their region except that one. They would not shut the doors of that church because they was afraid to. And that church stayed open, and for years, people from all over Bulgaria came to that church. That's why the benches were so worn. That's why the place was so worn out. Little bitty old hole in the wall. And God made that a witness and a testimony to the believers and to those who did not know Him. Because God wanted to bless those people while they were undergoing communist rule. What a blessing. Well, can you recognize the ways in which God's blessed you? And in turn, you have been a blessing to someone else. Can you see that in your own? Can you take time? Don't, don't be so humble that you can't say, you know, I have been a blessing to someone. That's really just saying how God got it. He got it to you and then he was able to get it through you. Okay, he got it to you and then he was able to get it through you. You didn't just sit on it and shine it. That's what God wants to do. Now, how about this church? That's where I really wanted to zero in. How about this church? Can you see as a church, you just now lost a pastor. Well, you didn't lose him. You know where he's at, but... <clears throat> I hate that word. You invested a pastor. Can we say that? I mean, think of all the folks that need Jesus down in Sarasota, Florida, huh? <laughs> well, come on, let's not go there. Don't tell Sean I said that, okay? But you understand what I'm saying. You had a man here for seven years. 
He was blessing you, you was blessing him, and now you've invested him somewhere else. And there's things he'll carry from here to there. Because of your influence in his life, because of your touching him, him touching you. There's things that happen there. There's people in this, that were in this body, that were in this body, and maybe they're somewhere else. But do you know what? You can't say, well, we lost them. Friends, I got, some, I got news for you. Everybody's losing everybody around them, okay? I, I, you know, I never thought I'd ever lose my mom and dad. I thought I'd always be able to go down to mom's and sit there and talk to dad and mom and enjoy the stories. They're gone. I never thought I'd lose my brother, but my brother's gone. I just got one brother left. You know, you never, you, you, you're losing everyone around you. You understand? Now, you can look at it that way or you can say, I'm in, I'm, I like investing people. I want to invest in others and I want to see them invest in people themselves. I want to bless in order that they might become a blessing. You see what I'm saying here? There's a way of looking at it. God looks at it that way too, I believe sometimes. I had, to, I had a hard time seeing that when I was a, a pastor. You know, I'd see I'd people come to me and say, Pastor, we feel like we need to leave the church and go somewhere else and we're, we're going to be involved in this. And you know, I'd get, me, I'd get plumb out of sorts. I didn't like that. I want people to stay around me. I, you know, I wanted to have people there. You know. But you know, the thing is, God doesn't always work that way. God doesn't always work that way. You know, I've heard, I've heard uh, stories. I, I've heard of the churches where they have a church split. You've heard that before. They had a church split. Well, you know, I understand that cells divide too, you know? I understand cells divide. And as, because of cell division, we grow, don't we? Maybe we could just call it a division. God wanted to invest a certain amount of them somewhere else. God wanted to invest a certain amount of us somewhere else. And the only way He could get us there was to create something so that there would be that. Otherwise, we would never do it. Right? Can you say amen to that? You know, I'm probably not going to be back for another 14 years, so I'm going to give it all I got, okay? <laughs> Seems like every time I come here, I always come up with something funny. I'm not this funny in other places. I want you to know. <laughs> You're about the only crowd ever laughs at me. I tell a joke in, I told a joke in Bulgaria... First of all, i got to tell you this. In Bulgaria, this means yes, and this means no. Now, I'm telling people a message, and everybody in the crowd's going, I thought they weren't getting it. And you know what that does to a preacher? It makes him preach harder, the same thing, over and over again. Finally, I turned to my interpreter, and I said, they don't seem to be getting this. Are they getting this? And he goes, yeah, they're getting it. I was more confused than a termite and a yo-yo. <laughs> Cross-cultural evangelism. It's wonderful. <laughs> so if you're not getting this today, just do this. Okay? No, I, I'm saying that God wants to sometimes, He wants to bless so much, sometimes He creates things so that things happen in a way that our mind doesn't conceive of them in order to get us out and to do things through us. 
please hear the heart of God. I'm not trying to justify things. I'm not trying to do anything. I'm just saying God, God loves to... And as I looked at this church, it's like God gave me vision to see this church. I'm thinking this church has blessed so many people. So many ministries. So many others. Not just here, but everywhere. Be encouraged. Please be encouraged. He blesses us so we can give it away to those around us. He keeps blessing us so we can continue to invest it in the lives of others. As He blesses, as we bless, He blesses us and it just continues. Listen, friends, what, I'm going to close right now. I know that most times guys don't say that. But in the beginning, when God created us, He said to man, He said, Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful is being blessed. Be blessed. And to multiply is to give it is to give it away. You give it away. When Jesus broke the bread, He blessed it, broke it, and then what did He do? Gave it away. You know He wants to do that in every one of our lives. He takes every one of us, He blesses us, and breaks us, and then He gives us away to the world. Allow Jesus to do that in our lives and see Jesus that way. Bless you. Let's pray. Can we pray? Father, thank You. I thank you for this time. I've been with my friends here at Providence, Lord. I, I look around this room, Lord, there's so many people that their lives have been such a blessing to me over the years. And I appreciate them, Lord. I appreciate the things you've, you've done through my life and in my life through them, Lord. How they have blessed me when I needed to be blessed. And I pray, God, that you'll take this word this morning and be a blessing to them and encouragement to them. As they face this transition with the new pastor, and I just ask you, Jesus, to strengthen and encourage each one. And bless the leaders, these ones that sang this morning to lead us in worship. God, just bless everything that's a part of what they're doing today. And may, as people receive that, Lord God, may they go out and give it away to others. I ask in Jesus' name.